0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex with Lex. I'm your host, Alex, and happy Wednesday. As always, I hope everyone is having an amazing day. Um, I don't really have much to update you guys on from a personal standpoint, so with that being said, I'm just going to jump right into today's episode. As always, though, um, the thoughts expressed on this podcast are solely my own and do not reflect those of my employers. Um, Also, if you guys enjoy this podcast, feel free to leave a rating, review, share it with someone. Um, Any and every kind of support helps. So thank you guys so much in advance. So if you know me, you know I am a TikTok girly. I can literally spend countless hours on that platform and you know you've spent way too much time on TikTok when you get the, it's like this really calm video and it's like literally telling you to go to bed because you've been on your phone for too long. Um, Yeah, so that happens to me more often than I'd like to admit, but because of TikTok, I have found some amazing Um, content creators. And today's guest, Lexa, aka the Avocado Toast Budget, is one of those content creators. So Lexa is a personal finance content creator. She's on TikTok, she's on Instagram, um, and she focuses specifically on like Gen Z and millennials. Although I feel like if you're of any age, you definitely can get some great information from her content. Um, And I just love her stuff so I shot my shot and reached out to her to see if she'd be interested in being a guest on the podcast and she agreed and I could not tell you guys like how hyped I was when I got her email back I was like oh my goodness I am quaking so I'm so excited that I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with her for a bit we talk everything from how she started to create content online, specifically, you know, personal finance, money-related content. We discuss shame. Um, Lexa and I share, I think, like the same lens when it comes to money and shame, and how that needs to be removed for first in order to um, tackle your goals and kind of achieve whatever your desired outcome is. It's just really starting with getting rid of that shame because that holds you back a lot of the time um I believe and yeah she also gives some like tangible advice for you guys and I don't know it's just a really great episode so I'm so excited I'm gonna stop talking and here is today's guest I am
1: with the avocado toast budget I am a queer millennial personal finance content creator just trying to teach other millennials and gen z how to feel more confident with money without any of the shame or the guilt and I'm so excited to be here today. love it. I am so excited to have you
0: on today's episode. So before we dive uh, into the questions, I do have an icebreaker for you. So if you were to play a role in
1: any movie, what would it be and why? Okay. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I got so stuck on, it's not a movie, but it's a TV show. Okay. It's okay. Because I feel like, I would love to play Moira Rose from Schitt's Creek. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but she I've, has like awesome wigs <laughs> and an awesome accent. And I love it. I've
0: heard of that show and I have yet to watch it, but I've heard like nothing but good things.
1: It's, it's one of my favorite shows and she's like one of my favorite just totally out there characters. So I would love to be able to play her. Uh, okay, now I definitely have to like
0: watch it and be on the lookout for her character.
1: Yes, definitely. Put it on the list. I, it's one you have to get into, but once you get into it, it's worth it. Okay, I'm all, I'm, I'm all about that. I can be patient, so
2: I'll definitely <laughs> have to check it out.
1: Um,
0: well, I am so excited to have you on today's episode. I actually discovered you uh, via TikTok. I was just scrolling one day and you popped up on my For You page and I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So I would love to kind of take it back Uh, a bit to when you were growing up and discuss like how money was talked about or mentioned in
1: your household? Yeah. So it actually wasn't a lot. And I think that that really shaped my view of managing money because in my family, we often pushed things under the rug, especially things that were really hard to talk about. And that was definitely true when it came to managing money. If you were struggling with money, if you were in debt, no one ever talked about it. I went off to college without really any conversations around how to manage money, how to budget. I had no idea like, what my family was making or if they were struggling with money. And as I grew up and became an adult and started getting in on like more of those adult like conversations the adults were having with each other, I learned that there was a lot that was being pushed under the rug that I didn't know about. So as I was growing up, and then I was pushed into adulthood, going in, going into college, feeling like, okay, well, if everyone is just figuring this out, and it it seems to be that no one's having any issues, I probably shouldn't have any issues either. And then I started quickly really spiraling into credit card debt. And I felt so much shame and guilt around that, because I thought, well, no one else is talking about this. So this must just be like a me thing, which uh, is definitely not the case, (laughs) but it really shaped, like, I think I would have probably at least like reached out and either gotten help or just like some support from my family or friends. Had I known that this was a common thing for people to be struggling with, but I didn't because Growing up, no one talked about it.
0: When you were going through the whole college application process, was money ever like a factor in
1: deciding where you went to school? I think about this all the time because I remember growing up, it was just kind of like a given that the next step after high school is college. Like no matter what, that, that's the trajectory I was supposed to be on. There wasn't really conversations outside of that. The only conversations I remember having around Like finances and affording college was just people saying like, oh, it'll be worth it. Like getting a bachelor's degree will be worth it. Whenever you start making money, you'll be able to pay off whatever loans you take on very quickly. And so I just thought that that was normal. So when I was looking at colleges, I knew that I could conceptualize how much like $60,000 a year in tuition was a lot of money. So I was looking at places that had scholarships that had like opportunities, but I also wanted to get away from home. So I wasn't looking at a lot of like in-state opportunities, which now I wish I would have, but <laughs> at the time my goal was get away and try to do it in, on, on a budget that you think that you'll be able to afford, but there wasn't conversations around what that looked like. So for my bachelor's degree, the school that I went to, the way that like my scholarship was told to me was that it was a full ride scholarship but that didn't include room and board. And honestly, I just didn't think to ask or to know that there was a difference and come to find out, room and board is very expensive. (laughs) So after my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, I have, and I still have, around $70,000 in student loan debt. And now knowing what that means and knowing what the payments on that look like, I wish that that had been a conversation, but it, it was really just kind of sold as, Oh, you'll figure it out when you get there. It'll be worth it in the end.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate. And I think one point that you mentioned um, with being that you think, like, okay, high school, next step, college. Yeah, college Mm -hmm. is a lot of money. Like, I think we all know that, like, college is a lot of money, but we just think, well, Mm -hmm. it's worth it because I'll get a job and I'll be able to pay that back like ASAP but that is not the case for a lot of people so I think yes. there definitely should be more transparency around like what it's really like in the real world like post-college like finding a job like you're not yeah. going to be making that you know well some people do make you know six figures right out the gate but a lot of people it, it, it takes a minute
1: yeah and I think in like my parents defense I think at that time and in their generation and their parents generation that was kind of true. By the time that you went to college and you paid for it, it was a lot cheaper. And you did make way more than you would have with just a, a high school diploma. Mm-hmm. So it was more true then than I think it is now. And I think that those conversations never really shifted to the reality around how expensive education, higher education has gotten, and whether that's just like the right path. Because for me, I probably still would have chosen to go on and get my bachelor's and my master's degree but I think I would have done a little bit more research on it and just like I wish I would have had the opportunity to or at least had conversations that were happening around what are your other options because that's not the only option and that's not always the right option and maybe it will be a year or two down the road but that doesn't mean it has to be right now and I think sometimes that conversation gets left out and then people are left in a in a spot where they either don't know what they want to do, they don't know what degree they want to get. And then many of us are left with jobs that you're right, like, a few of us might make six figures right off the bat, but that's not the majority of
2: people. Mm-hmm.
1: And then we're left with a lot of debt that we really didn't understand what it meant to be taking on. At the time. Like at time. I graduated
0: college in 2012.
1: Yeah, 2012. Um, and mm-hmm. I just remember...
0: It being such a big like, if you weren't going to college, if you said that you are going to like a community college or any or not going at all, it was kind of like, what? But I applaud like that like Gen Z for kind of changing it up and being like, no, like I don't want to get in all this debt. Like I'm gonna take a gap year. I didn't even know what a gap year was. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, wait, that exists. Like I wish I
1: would have done that. You know? Me too. I was just talking about this with a few of my friends how. like the concept of a gap year was never talked about and I remember like people who were going to the community college to get credits out of the way or weren't going right on to college or were going to working I and I know I was guilty of this but I looked at it like oh okay like oh you probably just you you weren't as qualified as like we were so like you had to take that option whereas now I'm like, like I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at 17 18 like That was a great, that would have been a much better financial and life decision had
2: it not just been so looked down upon. Right. I 100% agree. So how
0: did your mindset evolve over time when it came to money? Like as you were transitioning from childhood
1: to adolescence to like now like being an adult? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things that has Transitioned a lot for me over the years is how I talk about money and the shame that I feel around it because I think, like I was saying, growing up since no one really talked about it, when I started to get into debt, I I hid it from like everyone in my life because I was so afraid that if they found out that I had twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt and I was really struggling and I in fact didn't have any clue what I was doing when it came to adulting. And handling money, that like this picture and idea that they had of me in their heads would come crumbling down. And it was terrifying to open up about it the first time. But then I quickly realized as I started to tell people about the debt that I was in and how confused I was with how you were supposed to make ends meet, a lot, almost everyone who I talked to was also going through that same struggle. And I wouldn't have known that with them either because no one really likes to talk about it because it's so hard. Like money conversations are so difficult just in general, nonetheless, with people who you care about and you look up to and you want them to look up to you as well. And I think that that has been the thing that has shifted the most throughout my life is just kind of trying to get it all out in the open and leaving that space for those hard conversations and for people to be honest about the struggles that we have, because I feel like that's the start of then we can start talking about how to tackle it, but we can never get to that point if if we don't put it out there. Shame
0: is what keeps a lot of people um, in the dark and it keeps them from getting their financial lives together because they just let it kind of take over them they're just like I'm just so scared to talk about it I'm I'm ashamed I'm embarrassed and therefore they do nothing about it they kind of just hide under a blanket and they're like if I don't think about it talk about it it'll disappear and that's you know (laughs) that's not the case so I'd love to know um if you remember that exact moment where you decided to share what you were going
2: through like what triggered that um I guess, like initial action. Yeah, so there's like two very distinct memories I have in terms of like when I started to realize
1: that whatever I was doing with my finances definitely wasn't working and something needed to change and not talking about it and pushing it under the rug and avoiding it wasn't working. And one of them was, I call it like my financial rock bottom. It happened in January of 2020. And I walked out to my car after work and my car wouldn't start. And I went back inside of work to try to figure out how I was going to afford to get my car towed and fix whatever problem it was. And I had like less than $3 in my bank account. And then I went over to my credit card that I had and I had maxed out my credit card. And I knew that that was the third time I had maxed it out. And it was just this moment of like, what am I going to do? Like, I, how am I going to get to work tomorrow? How am I going to be able to? afford to pay these bills and then and then start to tackle this obviously bigger issue that's going on here. And I think it just kind of took me hitting that point to be like, okay, well, I've got nothing left, so I I don't have room for shame here either. So I'm going to have to open up and be honest about this Um, to both like. And the thing is that I know that I had people that I could have gone to that at least would have just given me like some emotional support or offered resources but again because i was so ashamed and so afraid to have those conversations i i think it just kept getting worse and piling on top of itself because i didn't have the emotional capacity to handle it because i wasn't sharing that with anyone it was just all kind of building up and i think that happens with a lot of us so that was like kind of the moment that i was like okay something needs to change here and I remember like still trying to kind of do it on my own. And I had talked to my partner at the time, kind of like let them in a little bit of what was going on and let my mom in a little bit. But I'm pretty sure I sugarcoated it looking back on it, if we're honest. And just to kind of feel out like what's gonna happen if if these walls start come tumbling down a little bit. And then in March of 2020, kind of when everything shut down, at the same time I turned. 24. I also that was when everything shut down with the pandemic. And I graduated that day with my master's degree. And I had no idea what I was going to do to pay off any of the loans that I had. I decided that my first step was going to be looking back at like where my money had gone. Because kind of like you had mentioned, a lot of us, we have so much fear and shame around money that we avoid it to the point that I didn't even know where my money was going. And I figured that was at least a solid step It because that scared me a lot to know because I knew, obviously, i had spiraled into $20,000 credit card debt in only a couple of years. So something wasn't working, but I was kind of afraid to know. And I remember just writing out all of my expenses and going through and figuring out kind of like how much is going toward gas, how much is going toward groceries, how much is going toward eating out. And I found out that in February, I had spent almost $1,000 on eating out. And I had a panic attack and I was so worried and I had no idea what I was going to do. And all of those feelings that I was so afraid of the shame, the look at how much you've messed up, uh, like those negative, that negative self-talk I had all came flooding in. Um, but then I took a step back and I thought about it and I was like, okay, like I was getting my master's degree. I was on an accelerator, accelerated program at the time. I was working full-time. I was doing internship hours and I was really struggling at the time with my mental health. I now know that I have ADHD, but at the time I wasn't diagnosed, so I wasn't medicated for it. Like, of course, some, I didn't want to come home and cook, like cook and order groceries and clean up after it. So I was just ordering in food, not understanding how much that impacted my finances. I was just trying to tread water and survive. And I think the combination of it being scary, but at least knowing where I was at and kind of going through all of those emotions of the fear and the guilt and the negative self talk, but also showing myself some compassion really kind of helped me to come out that other side.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. I
0: applaud you so much for just taking that first step into like making a plan, like being like, okay, what am I going to do here? But then also to having enough self-awareness to realize like, okay, yes, I spent a thousand dollars eating out, but it was because of X, Y, and Z, not because, you know, of some other reason, which is all valid reasons. Like I could not imagine being in an accelerated master's program, working full-time on top of that, like a pandemic, like who wants to go inside, inside a grocery store at that time? Like, you know what I mean? So... Like, yeah. I, I just feel like your, your reasons were valid. And, you know, like, shout out to you for, like I said, having, you know, self-awareness to not beat yourself up over it, you know?
1: And I think it's so easy to do, right? And that's why a lot of us get really hung up on our finances is because we take that as uh, I'm bad, I'm wrong. Like, this is a reflection of who I am or what I am worth. And that just wasn't true. Like, I think a lot of us are, a lot of us haven't been taught anything to do with managing money and we aren't having these conversations. And we're just doing the best that we can to navigate a world that is really, really hard. And I think the first step toward starting to figure out ways that we can find some control in our money and find some confidence in our finances is giving ourselves that space to understand that we're human and we're doing the best we can.
0: I mentioned earlier that I discovered you like, or I learned about you on TikTok. So um, what made you want to start sharing financial tips, advice on social and which platform did you start on first? Was it TikTok or was
1: it Instagram? So I originally started the Avocado Toast Budget as an anonymous blog in June of 2020 because between like that March and June, July, I had really, I was unemployed for eight weeks with the pandemic. I had nothing better to do. So I dove into learning about personal finance and I started to figure out what worked for me. And I started to realize how many, like when you first start to get into the world of personal finance, how many shame messages there still are around money. And I had started to find kind of like the the group online that I felt like I clicked with, but I just wanted a way to share my experience and what I was learning with other people. But again, I was still a little afraid of like anyone else in my life finding out about the, the dirty details of my personal finances. So that's why I was like, it'll just be an anonymous blog, something for me to be able to connect with people, share what I'm learning, talk about it with someone who isn't my partner, who I'm sure was sick and tired of hearing everything about personal finance. It was like 2am on a Saturday. And I was like, how do I consume my content? And the way that I consume my content was TikTok. At the time, I think I had an Instagram, but again, it was all, uh, I, I didn't like say who I was. I think maybe I used my first name, but nothing that would really, if someone happened to stumble across it, you probably wouldn't know it was me. And I just decided to start filming some TikToks in my room at like 2am and posted a few of them. And it like blew up very quickly from there. And I was not expecting it, but it was also like hands down one of the best decisions I've ever made. But it was definitely not something that I had planned, but I, it's been like so freeing and amazing to be able to connect with like people in the way that I connect because I consume most of my content on TikTok and YouTube and Instagram as well. So that's how I wanted to start making content.
0: When you started posting on TikTok, did you begin with the expectation that like your
1: content would go viral? No, I think that like, I think if we're all being honest here as content creators, there's always that like tinge of hope in the back of our head, right? Like we, we see everyone like unexpectedly going viral and we're like, that could be us like it's probably not going
2: to be but but what if what if and i think that like what if was there but i didn't actually think that
1: it would happen and i don't even think at the time i really processed that it was happening um because it really went it it was like within the first month that i posted on tiktok i went from 0 to 50,000 followers and then within a few months i was up to almost Half a million. So wow. it was like more than I think anyone's brain is meant to comprehend. For sure. Um, so it's been incredible, but it's also been like overwhelming in a lot of ways because suddenly I was, and then people at work found me on TikTok, so then suddenly my whole work crew knew everything about my finances. <laughs> and it was just it was a very good lesson in okay, I tell people to not feel shame around their finances. Now I've really got to put my money With where my it. mouth is because I really yes. got to let go of all that shame. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Um, w- did you ever have like a tinge of regret about becoming like so public? Um, so I think there are definitely pros and cons of like, suddenly my finances and my life were opened up to a lot more people than I ever expected. But overall, for all like overwhelmingly the good has outweighed the bad for me and I don't regret it at all like I'm so glad I think that the community that I have and the people that I have met and the wonderful people I've met are because I'm being honest and it's me and it's not an anonymous person and I definitely think people can still have build amazing communities with that anonymity anonymity (laughs) that works being anonymous <laughs> but i think for me i needed it to be my full self i needed to fully stop hiding behind something um and i'm so glad that i made that decision
0: so as a personal finance creator do you ever feel the pressure to be super pristine with your um finances like do you ever feel the need to just like be perfect like always budgeting or you know always keeping
2: track? Oh yeah, for sure. I, and I think I especially felt that kind of toward the beginning. Um, Luckily, I think that I've always
1: been very honest about my finances and I've always used my real numbers. And when I started, it wasn't as if I had all of the success because I was already like a millionaire or worth all of this money. When I started growing on social media. I was I just paid off all of my credit card debt and I was still building up a savings and I was still kind of just figuring this all out too. And I think because of that it's nice because I think that's what people expect. And in a way that I'm very glad that I have followers who understand that and I I have a community that like accepts me for all that I am and understands that we're all humans and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have setbacks, but it's definitely amplified when you're putting your real numbers out there. And like this last year, I was just talking about how my net worth actually decreased over like the last six months or so. Um, because when I left my relationship, it was really toxic. I just packed up my car with my cats and whatever I could fit in my car and moved across the country back to where I grew up. And I drained my emergency fund for that and trying to just kind of restart took a lot of money and, and I didn't want to talk about it at first because I was like, oh my gosh, like there's this expectation. Like I was the person who I paid off $20,000 of credit card debt. I saved all this money and now that savings is gone and I'm kind of back at square one. But I think that going, like, getting through that shame and getting through that worry of trying to be perfect that has helped far more people than trying to pretend like I'm perfect and I have everything together ever did. So I try to always remember that even when it's hard to remember that. No,
0: I love that. I feel like, especially on social media, like, as we all know, I'm sure you've heard this phrase literally a million times. It's a highlight reel. So nobody ever yes. wants to share the, the ugly side, the bad, you know, Of of things but I feel like when people are more vulnerable and open and honest about like what they're currently going through and their struggles not only is it therapeutic in a way for you to like once again remove that shame but two you're never as alone as you think you are like you may think like oh my goodness I'm the only person going through this but then there's someone on the other side of that screen like watching your stories reading that post and being like oh my goodness like I'm going through the same thing or I recently went through that same thing. And like, I like, there's just like that human connection, as much as like social media can feel very like inhuman and very transactional. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I think there is that like human connection um, with, with storytelling.
2: Absolutely. And I think that, especially with millennials and Gen Z, like we kind of all saw the social media of the,
1: just posting the highlights, just posting the like very filtered curated content. And I think that that had its prime and I definitely think it's still prevalent, but I think a lot of us are seeking out content that feels like we can see ourselves in it and it feels real. And like you said, vulnerable and showing that vulnerability. And I can hold space for both the positives and the negatives of social media. But for me, it's been, Amazing to be able to connect with people and to be honest and vulnerable in those ways that I haven't always been able to be, be in like my personal real life at first. And I think that a lot of us are seeking out people who we feel like we can relate to and who are saying things that a lot of like we're not normally talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So when it comes to social media,
0: like, Do you think it plays a large part in how people
2: spend or handle their money? Oh, for sure. Like, I think, and I think both positively and negatively, right? Kind of like, I was
1: just saying, like, I can hold space for both. I think, I know for me, like, I can't tell you the amount of things I have bought because I saw it on TikTok or because my favorite YouTuber talked about it or recommended it. And at the same time, I also know that social media is one of the reasons why I learned how to budget and learned how to budget in a way that worked for me and to manage my money in a way that felt like it wasn't super restrictive and it didn't have to have all of that shame around it. So I think social media plays such a big role in our lives. If you have it like that, if you're on TikTok, if you're on Instagram, chances are it's influencing you in one way or another. But I think it has the potential to have some amazing, like, amazing positive effects. And I also think that, like, it also has the potential to, I mean, we saw so much in consumerism and feeling like we needed to keep up with everyone else on social media. But I also think that with the pandemic and just with naturally how we are as humans, that is kind of coming down as well. And we're starting to, to try to find a balance more between buying things that bring us joy. And then also trying to financially prepare for the future.
0: I've heard this phrase, like you're either the one influencing or you're being influenced. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you're on social media, you just need to kind of before you impulsively click on someone's, uh, you know, uh, affiliate link to purchase Mm -hmm. something, be like, wait, do I really need this right now? Or am I just purchasing this item? Because, by purchasing this item, I'm going to feel like this influencer that, you know, I really, really Mm -hmm. like, or I feel like I'm going to, this item will take me to this next level for the kind of life that I'm aspiring to like have or want. Um, I think it just comes to doing that. Cause I'm not even going to lie this morning. I've, I've been needing new, um, gym sneakers. And so I was on this website and I was reading through the reviews and a bunch of the reviews were like, oh, um, I bought these shoes because of uh this uh this beauty like youtuber or whatever and I follow that I follow that specific youtuber and I was like I I bought the shoes because she has them and I'm like yeah. oh well, if she has them then they must be good cuz she wears them literally every single day but it, but I was like I I need shoes so you know what I yes. mean? So <laughs> I just feel like it comes down to being self-aware and knowing, like, okay, mm-hmm. am I purchasing this item because I I need it, or am I purchasing it because I want to be like or have this life of of, of someone else? If that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that. It's like it's the motivation behind it, and yeah. and taking a second to step back and and ask yourself like those questions, because like I totally think that some of the best purchases I've made have been on recommendations from. Social media, or for some of my favorite creators, it is very easy to get caught up in. If I, it's sh- just, I just need this one more thing. This is going to, this is going to bring me happiness. This is going to fix this thing. And just like you said, like checking yourself, being aware and seeing what that motivation is.
0: Yeah. And I, I see that a lot in a lot of like aspiring content creators with like, especially mm-hmm. on TikTok with like calls and, you know, day in the lives, like mm-hmm. doing all these things. I'm like, oh man, I just hope that they're not spending more than what they actually have just to kind of like attain or achieve that certain like influencer status, but yeah. no judgment. I mean, it's so easy to do. Yeah. yeah no judgment, is.
1: but it's, I mean, it's so easy to get wrapped up in.
0: No, for sure.
2: So how much of your own financial goals dictate or, or not the plans you have for yourself? Oh, that's such a good question. I I've worked very hard to set up my finances in a way where
1: the way that I'm managing my money is reflective of my life and what I want and what my like life goals are as well. And I try to talk to people about that too whenever you're creating financial goals to not only think about just your strictly financial goals, but think about your life goals too because those all are going to play a role in your finances. And whether that is that you want to move or you plan on having a kid or you want to get married or you want to travel, you need money for those things. And trying to just focus on the finances is never going to give you the biggest picture. But I also think not like the opposite is true as well. Like just focusing on your your life goals without thinking about how you're going to get there financially and how you're going to be able to prepare for that. Isn't going to be helpful either. So I've tried to set it up in a way where both like my professional and personal goals also play a role in my financial goals and vice versa. Because I know that at the end of the day, that's the whole reason why I take all of this time to manage my money and talk about it and keep coming back to it is that I want the freedom that feeling confident with money and being financially prepared can give me so that I can live my life and hopefully not have to think about money as much as I currently am. But it it's like the big goal <laughs> for me. So I think that it all kind of, it all impacts everything else. So I think it's important to, to integrate all of that. And so what are some, I
0: guess, like tangible tips or ways that people can, can do that?
2: Yeah, so I always tell people, like the, if you feel like you are just either drowning with your finances or you don't know where to start, or
1: you've tried budgeting in the past or managing your money and it hasn't worked for you. I still am so glad that that first step that I took was looking back on like where my money was going, because that gave me solid ground for how to create a budget I was actually going to stick to. Because I think a lot of times what happens is that we, well, we look at like what we would ideally like to spend on different categories to fit within our finances. And then we go with that. And then of course it's not, it's either not realistic or it's not really in line with how we're currently living life or what our goals are. And then we inevitably don't stick to it. And then we feel like we failed at budgeting when in reality, we didn't fail. The budget was set up to fail at the beginning. So I think knowing where your money has been going is like a solid first step to being able to create a budget that's realistic and to be able to start taking steps towards saying, okay, here's where I'm at and here are like some of my short, medium, and long-term goals for life and for money in general, how am I going to start slowly bridging the gap rather than trying to like take a huge leap from one point to the other in a way that isn't realistic? So I think sometimes like I easily could have looked at spending a thousand dollars on grocery or on eating out in one month and said, okay, never mind. this month, I'm spending $50 on eating out. That's it. That, that was never going to work. So instead, I like cut back by a little, either $100, $200, found little ways to figure out how to manage my money, but also manage my life and come up with creative solutions to save money that worked for me that ended up working out so much better in the long term because I'm actually still budgeting rather than when I tried to throw together a budget that it wasn't fit for my life. And I think when you're really kind of feeling overwhelmed, That's a really good first step to take so you know where you're at and you can figure out where you want to go. Well, what is one financial goal that you're hoping to achieve, you know, by the end of the year? Okay, so I actually just kind of redid all of my financial goals um, because life changed. And I I think that sometimes we get caught up in thinking that our goals need to stay the same, our budget needs to stay the same. But over the last year, my life has looked a lot different than it did a year ago, a year and a half ago. So one of my biggest financial goals now is that I want to, I've always rented apartments. And recently I had a very nice, but very loud family move into the apartment above me. And I haven't been able to get any work done, So my big goal within the next like four months, hopefully before October is to rent a house for the first time. I don't think I ever want to be a homeowner, which is like a whole other tangent, but I'm happy renting for now, but I want to move into a new house, um, hopefully one that I am renting. And my next goal is I am currently driving a 2012 Chevy Cruze that is, it's on its last leg. Sometimes the air conditioning smells like rotten milk. Sometimes it acts like it doesn't want to start. So I have been saving up um, for at least a solid down payment on a new to me car. And that is one of my goals is that by the end of the year, I'll have a new to me car as well. So those are two of my big ones right now. Love that. Um,
0: so I have two, uh, two more questions for you. The first one, what advice do you have for people who are wanting to become financial, financially literate? So just if you
2: could give one piece of advice, what would you give? I would say start with for me start with watching videos start with social media seek out people
1: who you feel like you can relate to because I learned almost everything that I know on social media and or through YouTube or Instagram or TikTok however you consume your content and I think just seeking out spaces that I felt like I could relate to the people who were creating personal finance content and who were making things that were accessible for beginners, that was the one of the biggest steps that I took toward actually learning how to manage my money. So that's one of the first things that I always tell people. Chances are, if like you're listening to this podcast, you probably already seek out something in that space. But if you felt like you haven't quite found something that has clicked, I would say like figuring out where you consume your content and trying to find a good handful of creators you feel that you can trust and who you can keep coming back to,
2: At least get some motivation to start is going to be huge. That's the like first time I've heard that of someone
0: saying, "Look to social media, find people that you relate to, and go from there." Love that. So I think that's a very <laughs> tangible, actionable, super yeah. easy, easy thing to do for sure. Um, and then my last question I have for you is: if you could
2: leave a message to your future self, what would you say to her? I think I would just want her to know that everything was going to be okay. And that
1: her self worth or her value was never dependent on how she was managing her finances or how much she was struggling at the time or what she didn't or how scary the future was. And that I had everything that I needed to, to be okay and to figure things out and that I was going to get there. Because I think I was just so unsure and so scared of the future and what people thought of me. And I wish that I just knew that who I was and what I was doing was enough and that it was okay to just be where you are and take one step in the right direction at a time.
0: Oh, my goodness. I have chills with that answer. Love that Aww. so much. Um, so
1: where can the people find you? So I am on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at the Avocado Toast Budget, and you can find me there. You can also Google the Avocado Toast Budget or the AvocadoToastBudget.com.